Welcome back to the Transcending Tuesday podcast. It is your host, Brian. Um, it's our very first episode. Super, super excited to talk about societal norms. Um, but before we get into all the amazing content that we have to unravel, I have my three amazing co-hosts that I'm going to let introduce themselves. Hello, I am Joseph. Brennan. I'm James. These guys are an amazing group of guys. Um, a lot of good conversations happen. So yeah, I mean, we have a lot of content to go over, so we might as well just dive right into it with um, what exactly is a societal norm. Let's do it. Right. Um, so to kind of sum up what a societal norm is, it's like a, it's like a perceived behavior, I feel like, that can stretch personally, politically, religiously, Religiously, is that a word? Religiously. But there's a construct to it, you know? Um, right. Sure, like a, a, a generalized uh, standard in which we expect each other to act. Right. Wearing pants and stuff. Right, exactly. When you, when you talk about, like, yeah, wearing clothes, like, we all have the general construct of wearing clothes. I mean, hopefully you're not running around the streets naked. That'd be a little bit of a problem, <laughs> but like we all have this general construct of wearing clothes, but societal norm would fit into like, what do you wear? Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause there is some variance there, even if there's like a general, right. like, yeah, we wear something around our waist and uh, something that goes around our shoulders, but there's mm-hmm. a huge range of things within that. Yeah. And that plays into trends, right? Where you have all these different cultures of all of these different things that are currently in the, in the public eye as current and um, quote unquote trending. And that also kind of plays a big fact into like what's culturally relevant or like what plays into the cultural construct that you brought up. Yeah. Right. right. Like a short term little. Yeah. Uh, aberration. Of yeah. Like what, like the, the, the whole phrase quote unquote, what's in. Yeah. Like, you know, what's, yeah, what is the new thing that's happening? I mean, we've seen it with the Stanley Cups or like, like that's kind of like a norm. Right, yeah. Because like, and like, and like, I think we do just slap the word society or in this case societal loosely because it just mm-hmm. kind of is the overview, is the big picture of what like all of the other intricate mm-hmm. norms yeah. In, in a yeah. society. Yeah, like you were talking about diversity. Mm-hmm. A very bird's eye view of yeah. a lot of things that are mm-hmm. a lot more complicated once you analyze them. Right, exactly. Right. And I feel like it's one of those things where, it's, yeah, it's it's definitely constructed, though. Like, mm-hmm. you are expected to wear clothes. That's just obviously common sense. Mm-hmm. Not really maybe giving mind that that is a societal norm. You know? I feel like, like contracts like that are almost like a byproduct of globalization, right? Like the fact that like there's all of these maybe like less developed countries that now like are getting so interconnected with like all these huge countries with a lot of like available resources to them that can bring them into the modern age. Like that plays a huge part in like kind of centralizing what is like the global construct of mm. like culture itself, right? That's right. an interesting thought because – it, it definitely it, it stands true. Uh, I've in some of my time in Mexico, I've mm-hmm. seen people who otherwise 
appear to be living in almost tribal conditions wearing jeans. Right. Like mm-hmm. that's that's our influence. <laughs> yeah, right. That's a standard that we've spread in some mm-hmm. sense everywhere. It's not weird to wear jeans in the middle of the Mexican wilderness. Right. <laughs> it's probably easier to say that about America because America just has so much influence culturally, right? Right. I, I, yeah, it, it does, but I think it, it's because of how diverse we actually are as a country. Right. Because it's pot. like a melting pot, right? It's yeah. a melting pot of, you know, this ethnicity, this ethnicity, this race, this race. And like, like each and every single one has their individual normal. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I brought this up to you guys before, like how we greet. Um, compared to how I think you said it, Joseph, when you said the British or the France, yeah, France does it. French people kiss yeah, each other on the kiss cheek. each other on the cheek. Yeah, like they—that's mm-hmm. how they greet each other. Like they'll see somebody they know on the street and they'll give them a kiss. Like, yeah, you just wouldn't do yeah. that here. No. Like you just don't think about that, right? You, yeah, it's just not how we greet. Right. You know, it's, it's different. There's a whole spectrum of it too. I've I've heard certain uh, Asian demographics, particularly Japanese people find us touchy by comparison because mm. we'll uh, shake hands and hug where they where they bow they bow I, I'm under the impression that they do shake hands and right right do those other things too but it, it I, I've heard anecdotally that it's not necessarily what they will do so you have mm-hmm. this range of kissing p- to people on the cheek to <laughs> you know just <laughs> bowing your head at people right, like, right. yeah it's totally different Wait, it like, but it's still the same thing is it's being a greeting. It's a greeting. Yeah. It's yeah, still the and same. That is societally general. expected. Exactly, and that's kind of just like what is expected of you if you kind of know. I mean, it's like an under. What would you say? It's like a um, something that nobody talks about. But an underlying mm-hmm. principle that's yeah. just assumed and taken for granted because you don't need to think about it. Right. Humanity has this strange addiction with categorizing things. Mm. Especially you, Chase. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, yeah. Yeah. No, we do. We I, love putting things in boxes. I, yeah. I think... That's the whole thing with, like, stereotypes, right? Yes. Yeah. It's just so, easier yeah. to like, kind of look at the world through these categories, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it makes it a little easier just to, like, at a glance, make things easier to observe and process. Which... Obviously opens the door also to judgment. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that still speaks into the societal norms because, yeah, like what, what we say, bringing up the, the France example again about them kissing each other for greeting, like we find that weird. Right. Like it's not like, right. quote unquote, our normal, but it is their normal. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Right. Even in some Middle Eastern countries, I think there's something like, or if you give someone a thumbs up or give them a peace sign or something, it's considered like offensive. So right. Like, really. Like, or like language that means something different, like physically, and they're like physical expressions right. of their language. Like that's meant for something else. Yeah. Right? Uh, Just because of how their cultures different than ours, right? Yeah. Exactly. How that that's <laughs> just that different, way. right? And I feel like also too, and I I don't want to, I just kind of heard this growing up, and I don't know if it's necessarily true, but just for the sake of argument, I guess like the Chinese people, um, when you like lift your pinky at them or something like that. It's like basically giving the American quote unquote on that uh, middle finger. Really? Mm. Yeah. So it's like disrespectful and it's like, but 
we don't, I mean, it's just a pinky to us, right. but to them it means something different. That's what we do. But that's just in goes. their society. That is what they have in their construct. And this is like how many countries consider the middle finger to mean the middle finger. Right. You know, right? Exactly. Like, like, you know that's a big thing here in America, but how many countries is that the case, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. And that does honestly fit into that, that uh, construct of like, I mean, each and every single country and group, ethnicity, race is just right. so different because you don't really know right yeah yeah. you know what i'm saying like you just don't have that Mm -hmm. knowledge of of what might be the quote-unquote middle finger for them because it's their underlying underlying principle it's what they grew up knowing it's what they grew up and you didn't grow up in that way so Mm -hmm. how would you know you know what i'm saying um that reminds me of a uh article i i read once about the fact that uh, someone had pointed out that nearly everyone you'll ever encounter, even in completely foreign countries, sh- shakes their head up and down to indicate yes and left to right to say no. Mm-hmm. So that is an example of, for some reason, we all tend to do the same thing. And the only exception they could find for that was certain portions mm-hmm. of rural Greece and Bulgaria and Turkey, like that... Uh, um, what do you call it? That bridge in Asia area. There are mm-hmm. groups of people that their shake head left to right is their yes. And then oh. their no is just something else. There's no like <laughs> up down. Yeah. Right. Right. But universally, just about everywhere else, it seems like we've mm. adopted that. Just the up and down norm. yes and no. Right. 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 That's I, crazy. I wonder how much of that is because of globalization where just so many pe- countries started to do that. Mm. Because how much started to then have ripple effects on all the other countries right. that don't do that. Right. It's yeah. kind of like using English as like a primary trade language, right? Once the majority of people start using it, like if you're not using English as your primary trade language, you're kind of... You're at a disadvantage. Yeah. You're at a disadvantage right. because you're not up to the stand, mm-hmm. standard. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. But yeah, I, I agree. Like when you, when you take a country, we'll take the U.S. for example, and you have... Um, people obviously melting pot from different countries and backgrounds or whatever coming into this centralized um, place um, then like where you already have these societal norms like mm-hmm. like down and centralized and then they'll, maybe their way of saying yes and no is different but then now they're like oh that's right. how you say yes and no here and then they go back to wherever they were from or go travel uh, and then, then they take it back with them oh, right. so that's yeah. kind of like what the ripple effect I feel like is that must be a very large part of it because like yeah because when you think about mm-hmm. it it's like I'm sure yes and no obviously was not as universal as it used to be you know what I'm saying? But because we're in such a melting pot of, of different cultures and stuff like that, mm-hmm. they just end up like seeing, I mean, like, oh, I see this, so I'm going to do this. This is what it means mm-hmm. here. And then they just kind of bring it back. Yes. Maybe not really thinking about it because that's just what they do now. Yeah. You know? Right. And it stretches off to that. To and that I feel point. like that ties into probably the most interesting aspect of societal norms is they they are genuinely very unconscious in a sense. Right. Like we're not actively thinking about all these little things we do. Mm-hmm. Just all these intricate pieces of our culture. It's so hard to try to step back and mm-hmm. look at them as something that doesn't inherently have to be that way. Um, it's just so ingrained. This right. Is how we've always known. 
right. It's to be. And, and I feel like there's so many underlining societal norms that you, yeah, you really don't notice. For Just example, like, for granted. Th- like the saying, thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're gifted something or when you are, um, yeah, just like mm-hmm. that somebody does something for you, you know, just the genuine response is obviously, thank you. Mm-hmm. That right. is. And it, it would be, it, it's so odd that while you were saying that, I was trying to like think like, what if we just didn't have that system? What if people just handed you stuff and there was no expectation to express any kind of gratitude? That's just odd, right? Right. right. But like, mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. Mm-hmm. Right. But because we, because it was started in that way, it's just continued yeah. in that way. I, I, I kind of think tree. of some of these norms as like a foundation for like us to actually like engage in reality. Like you, like we take it for granted that like the thumbs up means like good job or whatever. Like, but we use all these tools and like we already like presuppose that they have their uses, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So like we know what our like what the language means. We know what our physical uh, movements mean, and we just depend on those to always mean that. Right. And we don't ever think of them as not meaning that, and like that underpins like everything in terms of like how we think, right? And, like what we do, and like how we like interact with people. Like we just already assume that those are like. The normal common, common, like yeah, that parallels language very well. I mean, you don't sit and think like, what exactly does banana mean when I say that word? Right, it's just the word that your brain is assigned Mm -hmm. for that object. Everything has like it's a ripple in language. Everything has its extension on where it can reach. The thumbs up has its extension on how far it can reach in terms of like outside of other cultures versus like say like. The middle finger might be more popularized in Western culture. Mm-hmm. Right. Probably so. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Even hello can even reach as far as the world can take you. Yeah. Right. Right. So in a sense, you could say that these words and these norms that we have, their entire value is because we ascribe value to them. Yeah. I mean, you can even right. stress yeah. that. Yeah. You can uh-huh. literally stretch yeah. that into money yes exactly like literally thinking. 20 yeah, 20 dollars for example you, you see a 20 dollar bill in all reality that 20 dollars is literally just a piece of paper right but because yeah. we give it that value because mm-hmm. we see that and we're like that's 20 dollars right it all of a sudden has that value and it works and it works because we see it we mm-hmm. we give it that it's a nice right. step up from bartering right it, it does have a unique Mm -hmm. it's it's such an efficiency multiplier right and and trade and right exactly and so like yeah and it's the same thing with like yeah when it goes back into what you guys were talking about it's just like how do we perceive Mm -hmm. it what do we give it what's the title that we think that is and if that's the title that we give it and if whatever whatever like then that's just what it is that is what it is that it is what it is because we say it is you know um, in a weird way, that's, I, I guess, almost wholesome in a sense because it that directly mm-hmm. implies that whatever we humans decide to do, whether it's at a you know local family level or um, you know entire region of our own nation or a nation as a whole or a globe, we have the mm-hmm. power to just ascribe values, and that's right. in within that fits in with the, within the societal norm construct. 
You know what I'm saying? Because like, yeah, because it's just normal, obviously to us. And like, again, going in kind of steps of what a societal norm can pertain to is you have this obviously standardized, almost worldly, um, like just expectation expectation yeah thank Mm, you like expectation like everybody in the world knows it i mean we all speak right i'm saying like we Mm -hmm. that's just we do that 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 fits within that construct and then you have branching out of that you have the trending norms the the things Mm -hmm. that are like oh that's what's that's what's new that's what's you know hip that's what's Mm -hmm. you know so i better hop on that bandwagon really you know and that that in itself is a societal norm um and then you have your own personal norms and that can stretch into beliefs that can stretch into you know how do you perceive things um differently from a from another person you know Mm -hmm. um like you know you have to wear clothes in the morning but are you your 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 style and your fashion is yours you know it's not right. somebody else's and that's it's influenced your own. by the norms around you right but you're also creating your own slight flavor offshoot of the norms around of you the and, norms around and you. by proxy you're having a very small effect on the culture as a whole around you right kind of a loop right and it, it is kind of you know this loop it's never ending there is no like starter starter stop point to it there's no chicken and egg like it's just a circular motion what comes around goes around yeah and it just never ceases because mm-hmm. like societal norms will change but, but the systems by which they're formed and influence that which forms it remains constant and you can even bring history into it and just say like um it was built on obviously the backbone of world history mm-hmm. like where did we come from where did um where did we get this idea that this is a good thing and this is a bad thing and it can't even stretch into morals mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah um so in a sense it's a it's an evolution in a sense it's it's an evolution mm-hmm. on what came before and that evolved culturally from what came before that right and it's just like slowly trying to improve it um obviously it's not perfect Mm. and it'll probably improve and uh recede and improve and recede yeah it'll it'll go hopefully we'll get it more right than wrong right in a sense and i think that like it is just it's gonna just gonna be a continual thing obviously because it is like a circular motion and it's you know hopefully you know will it'll end up being perfect one day one could hope. Mm, One yeah. could hope, but... One thing that we talked about in our last iteration before this one, <laughs> we had an entire 20-minute talk down that didn't even record. So It was so sad. That's coming up this morning. That's yeah. true. That's why it is coming out on, yeah. on Wednesday One morning. thing that we talked about in our last iteration is to be able to comprehend the full idea of love and un- like just unconditional love mm-hmm. and letting go of one's own personal ego is such an advanced factor of a civilization like if we can mm-hmm. get that down as a civilization mm-hmm. like the amount of teamwork and effort that would go into building up whatever it is we build up would eventually become like literal heaven 
and whether you believe in like heaven in like a Christianity sense or um, whether you believe in a scientific answer that maybe society and humans advanced so far that blah 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 right <laughs> the hive mind it's, <laughs> it's such a futuristic such a utopian it's such a utopian thing and yeah. it's like a utopia that's not inside a dystopia it is a utopia utopia yeah so mm-hmm. um so then i guess i would i would pose the question to you guys especially you chase and ask what do you guys believe that the biggest Uh, roadblock or obstacle or pulling force keeping love from taking over Uh, my immediate thoughts are that it's either a form of malice or you might call it evil or ignorance Mm -hmm. but i think what do you guys think there's like a difference between the human instinct and the human influence Hmm. i feel like there is like this core part of humanity is almost spiritual you call it spiritual you call it energy that is within us that we can look inside and see what we truly love. What do, what do humans truly love to do? We love to create. Yeah. So we have this creator mindset. And create relationships, great families, yeah. great big buildings. You want work that you're proud of. You want stuff to be able to remember. You mm. work towards stuff. Right. And so I forgot what the question was. <laughs> well, <laughs> what's the biggest obstacle in achieving that? Um, I feel oh. like I feel like it might be like social pressure. I don't know. I feel like there's a certain way that you treat people. Maybe it's um, people who you think are less fortunate. So like the way that you treat homeless people, or like the way that you interact with people in the street, right? Like how in sure. a lot of cities, like it's not normal to talk to strangers just out randomly, kind of just as you're walking. Yeah. Or like, yeah, just like people might like think you're weird for doing something that might promote that you know love is everything kind of mentality we're like we're trying to get as much love out in the world as possible mm. but there's like also just social pressure kind of against that mm. so in a sense you maybe you could are you implying that that's a form of fear in a sense yeah fear of maybe judgment yeah like, fear of being an outcast yeah which being, seems to imply being different kind of because i think people like to kind of be a lot of people probably wouldn't admit it but they like being sheep they like being or sure, followers. It's a lot right? safer. And then, and it's a lot safer. And when they step yeah. out of that herd, right, and try to do something different and change things culturally, like that, mm-hmm. not isn't necessarily like the easiest thing to do. Because well, in Certainly. in a world with like literally, well, now, like I mean, you have like the internet and stuff. It's just so easy to get backlash, and I think that people are yeah are so afraid of that, um, mm-hmm. so afraid of somebody like crushing their dream or like stomping on their parade or yeah. like whatever or just outcasting them socially or just outcasting them socially yeah, and that also plays into like social media with like with a lot of social media and like just working in the modern corporate world like you have to hold certain beliefs otherwise like you're yeah. at risk for not having a job or yeah. like you could get canceled at a moment's notice for having something that doesn't agree with like big tech or big pharma like right yeah, if you say for a minute that you think that like the government could put out something that wouldn't entirely be safe, then all of a sudden like you become like an estranged outcast psycho. Right. Yeah. Because you're not it's either you don't want mm-hmm. to fit into that cultural norm with everybody else or right. you just I mean have these these questions and you're actually questioning what's mm-hmm. what's inside of, you know, 
Sure. Well, they think it should be promoted. Skepticism. Which I think skepticism yeah. is amazing. I think it should be promoted. I don't think that, you know, I mean, you hear the saying, like, monkey see, monkey do. <laughs> um, and, like, in a way, it's true. Yeah. yeah. You say that, and it's like, it almost feels like society evolves with us. Mm. And like, all of our norms stem from some past norms. Right. Right. And it feels like at the core of it all, I think kind of what I was mentioning earlier with like the human instinct and the influence, mm. there was human instinct that is involved in our culture by all means. Like mm. the fact that we are just so um, wanting to nurture and care of nature sure. and our environment. There's an innate draw to that. It, it right. feels like a baseline goodness. Yeah. And yeah. it protects us. Yeah, I, I think... I think we all are instinctually built in with a moral code, right? I mean, there is like, you can look to scripture and find that, but even like modern day evolutionary biologists and neuroscientists, like on the cutting edge, believe that we have a built in moral code, like cross-culturally. Right. Because the same um, values that you could see a lot of the same kind of culturally and moral values arise in almost every single civilization. Right. Yeah. Mm. Right. And like, because of that, it's because like weirdly enough, like built into our biology, we have an, an innate sense of right and wrong, at least on like big macro scale, obvious moral issues. I mean, obviously there's going to be things like abortion or your outlook on sexuality. That's those are like kind of outliers where it's very like gray social in issues, terms of moral it's a lot more moral ambiguity because mm-hmm. there's a lot, it's a lot more complex, right? Right. It's easy to like, Oh, if I take this person's life, like obviously that's, you know, that's kind of breaking some sort of at least innate uh, sense that everybody has that that's wrong. Right. So uh, it, it, it kind of, you can even stretch into the question of like, even maybe self defense. Okay. Like you're in this situation, let's say, and then you end up defending you know, yourself or somebody and you end up killing mm. this perpetrator. Like, is that morally wrong? Yeah. I feel like it's hard to argue that it is. Mm. Um, <laughs> in my Texas background, but... Right? That's fair. That's yeah. bad. But you know, like I'm saying, so like, yeah, I, I know we have this built-in construct of, of right and wrong. What What is moral? What is not? Um, I mean, when we think about it, it can. It can be um, whether or not you are a Christian, you get a lot of your morals from... Um, you know, Christ, God, and like, um, and other things too, like whether you're um, societal, maybe you feel like the government knows what's right or wrong. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, you know. Yeah. And then we have like the flip side of it with like our morals that are built into us. We have this human influence that was like over us. At some point in time, there was some influence that kind of changed our nature and convinced us of something different. Call it like, a serpent in a garden. So I've heard some people call it aliens that came down and biologically right. engineered us, you know. Right. There's a lot of different ideas and theories behind it, but there's just something that kind of threw us off. I mean, think of your job. It's like, does do most people really want to go in to work um, and do a nine-to-five? Not really. Not this typically. Isn't, this isn't like mm. what humans were meant to do. We're hating. Right. Right. And so there's something that influenced us and convinced us that this is mm. the way. And we've just kind of been evolving our society. It's interesting mm. to think like we went down a specific technological tree, right? We invented certain technologies at certain times. And because of that, like this came from it. And like technology wise, we're at a very different spot than we could be. 
right. some other chain of events happening. Other branches out there. And, like, who knows if maybe, like, the way that society is set up today is the only way to set it up for a, a world that's so globalized mm. and with so many people, right? I think I mean, it it's, stands it's easy, yeah. as obvious that there probably are a lot of other ways it could have happened. Right. But, yeah. It just happens that this is the world we live in, right? Yeah. Right. And it's... I mean, it really is, a lot of it is predicated on the logistics of history, a, a, mm. a different victor in a, a major global war. Right. Um, yeah, for example. That would have totally changed what the if, world. What, what if, if Rome didn't, you know, for a lack of a better a better mm. uh, example, what if Rome never fell? Never fell. Right. What if, what if. Or like the English Empire. The right? English it's Empire didn't. Controlling so much of the world actually allow for people to go over and explore mm-hmm. you know america would never have existed like you think about these things like um or germany in world war ii even yeah i think yeah. what if you know yeah exactly like so we went into the cold war wasn't outside of the realm of possibility mm-hmm. right and like they those things would have changed the, the we're, social getting, we're getting to the point where like globe. small events could lead to real danger for a majority of the planet, right? Right, like, <laughs> right, <laughs> right, and, and and it literally stems from history. What is what was chosen at this certain time in this mm-hmm. instance, and then what was a product of that? What mm-hmm. birthed that next thing? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's literally just been this stepping ladder of events because of what, mm-hmm. honestly, one person decided. Right, you know, is like. Oh yeah, I'm you know I'm gonna make an atomic mm. bomb, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. what what happened from that? You know what I'm saying? A totally different global order. A, mm. a different, maybe a better one, maybe a worse one. Right. I guess yeah. That's just kind of mm. how you end up perceiving it, and it's just like so intricate. And I like how you mentioned Chase, like how something threw us off. And yeah, mm. I mean, depending on what background you come from or what you believe in, like. For me as a Christian, I believe that, um, you know, it was the serpent in the garden. So do you think, and this is a question to all of you, do you think as a world or as a, you know, the United States or whatever, um, we're trying to build back what we lost in a sense? Ooh. Hmm. Yeah. Do you think, are we trying to reach that again? And it's that why we are you know, or what we're building towards. I guess I would ask maybe just mm-hmm. like a clarifier on the question. Yeah. When we mm-hmm. say, when you say we, are you referring to the individual or are you referring very generally to whatever? I feel the average gen- of the gen- globe? Yeah. Generally the, the globe. Okay. In a sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like that's a very, very kind of deep dive of a question in a sense that mm-hmm. I think, um, I think in a sense that it, we, we do this with presidents. We like to ascribe this idea that there's a head, a brain, and a nervous system controlling mm. and creating an orderly thought towards wanting an end to be met. Whereas I think mm. the truth of the world is that it, it it's a lot more like Frankenstein in a sense that the arm of the left arm of the world is generally going in this direction. And there are uh, other parts of, you know, our Frankenstein of a planet and nation that are trying to go in another way. So I don't see it. I see it more like the way an octopus Mm. is constructed. Each one of an octopus's 
legs has its own mind. Hmm. But I suppose the only way to really answer your question is to average it out and say that, yeah, I, I, it seems to me that in line with what both you, Chase, were saying about love and what you were saying, Brian, about mm. wanting to return to utopia, we have an innate desire for a certain condition. We know there's something wrong. Right. Right. And yeah. mm-hmm. I think that a lot of that ties into love. We don't want to be afraid. We want love. We want connection. Mm. Right. And that's the ironic, beautiful part of being a tribalistic species is mm. it causes problems, but we like the tribe because there's love within the tribe. Yeah. Right. And, and like, do you think that like maybe if, if like we decided that, okay, we're going to drop everything in love, that it would work? Honestly, I don't think so. It's it's kind of like a Mexican standoff. Who wants to put mm. their gun down first? Yeah, right. That's, yeah. that's the thing about it is like we know mm. the solution, but the only way are we, we can willing win, to be in vulnerable? Sense, right? Yeah. Can we surrender? Right. And a big yeah. part of love is sacrifice, also, and I feel like that's such a foreign concept in our culture. And like yeah. sacrificing for people you don't know where you stand to gain nothing. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It, it's definitely something to think about. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it it, it is because like yeah, it, it. Who is gonna be vulnerable? Nobody wants to be. I feel like we. Mm-hmm. Each and every individual society. Kind of going mm-hmm. back to the quote unquote norm. <laughs> yeah. Kind of straight away from, but not really. I mean, that all fit under the cultural mm-hmm. and worldly norm. Um, but going back to it, every single, mm-hmm. every single different culture um kind of losing my train of thought to be completely honest it just mm. it, it wants to protect what it's created right. it doesn't want to go backwards it's a large tribe it, mm-hmm. it wants to move forward with pro- which means you have to be the change you want to see in the world right, right. it kind of no start at the individual level it's kind of i feel like how it has to work in our society is every person has to carry their own load in that if they want for that vision, if they want that vision to actually become a reality. Right. Like I was just at the stoplight, I think it was yesterday and I was leaving to go to my parents' house. And when I was parked there, this guy came up, I think it was one of the homeless guys who was obviously like on some drugs or something. Like he was just out of his mind or whatever. And he asked mm. me for like 30 cents or whatever. But so I gave him 20 bucks. And then before he left, I asked him if he knew Jesus and he said he did. And then, I asked if like if it was cool if I could pray for him and stuff and that he should just keep going, that God loves him and that he should be strong and stuff. And then he just kind of went away, but then I was still at the light and he came back a couple minutes later and he's like, dude, like that meant the world to me. And he was like crying and stuff. And like, mm. so like, I think there's so many people that just need like a good word. You know, they need some love. Right. They need some, just something from somebody or just a good word. To be complete. Yeah. That is literally and every absolutely. human so in the world. It's so easy for us to do. Right. Like, it's so easy for us to be that, but we have to break out of our some shell. of the weird right. social norms that I feel like are restricting us. Right. Our- it does feel like there's almost an invisible force that makes us feel like we're stepping into a weird gray area yeah. when we let It's like a weird explode. thing to do somehow, or like a wrong thing to do. Right. Because it's so, like, not normal. And then you do it, and then you feel deep down as though you've done right. the rightest yeah. thing you could have yeah, done. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. But you have that innate feeling. 
right. you know, whereas like more, maybe yeah, there yeah. could be a little bit of regret if you never said that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, to him. And, and then you would have thought about it, you know, down the future a little bit, you know, been like, oh, dang, I really wish I would have talked to him. Right. Yeah. I mean, but you took the chance, mm-hmm. which is, yeah, it's something that we definitely need to do more as, as a society. I feel like it's so normal to, to love your group love what you're in mm-hmm. yeah. but not love what's outside of it and i think yeah. that it's like it's very true we need to learn very how clicky. to yeah it's very, very clicky i mean take high school for example like <laughs> mm-hmm. high school is one of the most just doggy be dog world there possibly is i mean right. i don't care what you say high school mm-hmm. it just is um and you have these clicks and you have these niches and you have like these little things that you're in and like you're part of and that's your thing but if you are so willing to just I, – I like this example and I forgot who, who told me this. But instead of being a circle, let's say you have like a circle of friends. Why aren't you the one to just break the circle and make it bigger? Basically right. meaning invite people in. Mm-hmm. Don't be mm-hmm. like – because when – because like <clears throat> that's literally and metaphorically. Because I mean like when you're like in a circle and you're talking with your friends and you have your back towards people, people don't feel welcome. That's just obvious. It's right. common sense. But if you are more open, people will feel like they can come and talk to you. They will feel right. like they can come in and like, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what we kind of need. We need to break down the the, the norms of like just mm-hmm. loving your group, loving, you know, mm-hmm. only what you lo- want to love. Like right. love outside of – love has no boundaries. And I feel like mm-hmm. there's this huge misconception too like – Love is not just a feeling either. Love is what you do in spite of how you feel. Sure, it's a choice. Absolutely. It's yeah. a choice. Like, I mean, I can take this into Christianity. Like, um, I don't think God or Jesus was on the cross, like, having a grand old time being crucified. Mm-hmm. One would assume not. Right. Like, he, it was um, probably beyond. Like, I couldn't even imagine how painful it was. But, like, taking that and then being like, well, he did it anyway mm-hmm. because he loved us. Mm-hmm. you know for right. an exa- yeah. just for an example anyway but yeah yeah and i mean even like on a like a story basis i have mm-hmm. any of y'all seen the, the series chernobyl yes yeah that's you a know, great show that? i love that show so yeah. much it's, yeah. it's great and there's um for any of y'all who haven't seen it there is a scene in um essentially a, a series documentary of the incident of the chernobyl meltdown in ukraine and um there mm-hmm. were uh there, there was essentially a situation within the plant that required water to be uh, shut off from the inside, mm-hmm. but the technology at the time did not provide enough uh, protection to guarantee that anyone who went in it would not die. And mm-hmm. they, uh, the Soviet government essentially pleaded with uh, some of the engineers of the plant to just give their lives, just go in, shut the water off, and then die. That's... Well, that's what it's they crazy. were told would happen, and they did it. They did it, and they wow. um, estimate that those three individuals saved more than a million and a half people, potentially more. But that is, to me, uh, their mm-hmm. sacrifice is very sim. At least in a, a parallel sense, it, it's similar to the Christian Jesus mm-hmm. on the cross ideas. It's a narrative of just giving yourself up mm-hmm. for the grander picture. And I think that's why we love martyrs. Is right. They're the ones that do the most, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. They're the ultimate expression of letting love explode. 
it's crazy how like all these narratives like almost weave into the very fabric of our being right mm. like these these narratives and these stories are so like they're true in the sense of like they are like ingrained in us in terms of like behavior and like mm. ideas and so like like this whole idea of like sacrifice being a part of love and like how like virtuous that is and how high we hold it like for whatever reason we do it's the hold to such a high standard or whatever but like and then that through these stories it's like okay we can see the reality of that like mm. in modern culture yeah from a historical basis from a, a systems of faith and varying right. religious beliefs mm, right it's it, it really seems to me that it, it's a powerful part of being human yeah mm. Yeah, right. Definitely. And to kind of just sum it all up in a, in a sense is just literally societal norm. Like <laughs> literally and and yeah. like these are just things Most we just right. don't think about though. Like you mm. can dive so deep and so intricately which is we did a pretty good job doing that today but like mm. you can dive even so much deeper than this and it still fits within the societal norm, yeah. cultural right. norm world norm because mm-hmm. there are levels to what is norm mm-hmm. you know you can get a standardized education in it there are bachelor's degrees in sociology exactly there yeah. you go so like literally it's just it it can be summed up in in that way it's like honestly personal perception mm-hmm. right um and the tribe right. as a whole and the sharing whole. their personal perceptions mm-hmm. and influencing each other's personal yeah. perception. And then you go outside of the tribe. And then and outside of the tribe to the, the to the cultural the global tribe. And then the, the global and yeah, right. Right. The world at large. And it's just this yep. and it it just doesn't end, I feel like, because there's just so much going on, so much happening. Mm-hmm. And it just continues to go. Like I said, it's a cycle. It's not an end point and a it's you know constantly start. Changing. It's constantly changing. It's constantly evolving. The world um, spins. And it just continues to go and it will always be in a cycle. It'll always go. It will mm. always happen. Um but yeah, right. Anyway, that was really good. Thank you guys for tuning in to Transcending Tuesday's first episode about societal norms. That was an amazing episode. It was really was good. good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was a good conversation. Cannot wait for next week's episode. Um, I'll drop the details about that episode later this week. Um, I hope you all have an amazing day. And with that, Transcending Tuesday is signing off.